0: Welcome on to episode 8 of Pod 67, my name is Ryan Gallagher and let me introduce the boys because they're both here this week, it's brilliant to have them for a change, I don't need to pick which one I preferred and pretend to know I wouldn't, I prefer him uh, when the other one's here. First up, Tony Dow, how you doing mate? Not too bad mate, how are you? Aye, not bad
1: mate, not bad. How was your, your weekend? Oh you know fine, well how my weekend was, <laughs> fucking crash my wee date during the week there, well during the weekend sorry, but I ah, except for that mate hunky-dory, I can't complain. Well, speaking of your wee date and gate crashing, there was somebody with me when I gate
0: crashed
2: your redate. Scott's the other one. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, mate. I it's good to be back. I like how you went to Tony first there. Does that mean that he actually was your favourite? No, mate. It's just uh, the
0: first one I could see on the screen. Listen, I don't like Bethes, so sorry. Right.
2: No, nah, nobody does.
0: So, boys, it's been um, one of these weeks with Celtic. We've um, we've went to turn my hair out to loving them to. Turn the hair out again, getting excited for certain group draws. So we'll, we'll start off with, with them. But before we do that, remember, if you want to get us on social media, uh, we're on Twitter. Get us at at Pod underscore nineteen sixty seven, join in with with Tony slagging for Rangers fans. He's been he's been gaining on pelts this week after the Celtic games. has been brilliant to watch. As soon as I seen that, I just
1: thought, "Fuck it, I'm diving into it." Dear man, I'm going for last week.
0: So we get quite a few followers off the back of that. So that was that was not bad. So aye at Pod nineteen sixty seven, where we underscore in the middle, if you want to get us on that, joining the conversation in the
1: far. I must admit, I totally forgot I'd done that. <laughs> I still half cut
0: Ike. It was it was the way we went through that like, right. Who's been who's been messaging Rangers fans on a Twitter account? Me and Scott, no very well, it's no me and Scott.
1: I'll be honest, boys, I'll put my hand up. It was fucking me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, right, we'll start then last Thursday. Sarajevo away. Tony, we looked ahead to this game last week on the show. We we spoke about the, the five-two aggregate score from last time we played them over two legs. Victory away, victory at home. Quite convincing. We we left the show going I think we'll batter them. We, we tried not to get too carried kind of away but we thought would do give somebody a batter in,
1: in one of these qualifiers? That didn't happen, did it? Not in terms of scoring but overall possession we had two thirds of the ball the entire game. Um, they were camped in their own box and didn't really want to come out and play football at all but we did touch on the fact that it would be a tricky tie away from Europe there's not been a game yet where we've been that comfortable to be honest with you so the main thing is we got through in the end but I definitely wasn't the game we predicted So Scott, I'll go through the team um, Barcast, 3-5-2 three, three, Barcast and goals
0: Beacon, Duffy, Ayer Frimpong and Taylor at wing-backs McGregor, Brown, Christie, Eddie and Moy up top Like I said, tricky away tie right. Tony mentioned there It's about 64% possession over the game 13 shots, three on target They had zero on target So going by that, it's a dominant display But mm-hmm. we seem to be struggling Just now when it comes to Just actually putting the ball in the net
2: Aye, obviously I missed last week, and the reason I did miss it was because I was out for a week because James Forrest got injured, and uh, that's why I missed, missed last week's pod. But you did a great job with it, me. You know, that way you want people to fail. But I was actually listening to it, and I was was very impressed with your, your analysis. But aye, on the, on the Sarajevo game, it was just one of those games It was like, just win it because it was a European tie, it was a playoff round anything Sarajevo were up too much when we played them the year before. I don't think they would really improved. They were an organised team eh, we sat in eh, but the first half, again for me, was just pretty hopeless. I don't think we created anything either and that's a common theme of games the past few weeks especially St Johnson weekend again On the team, I mean, Moy and eh, It's in it? The two guys you're sort of looking at in terms of what's up for discussion here. They both played on Thursday and Sunday as well I thought they lined up well Last year, they only played a couple of times, especially that away in Europe and the game in Rome that we won in last year. So, but I think games when we are dominating and we need we need a penalty box striker in there. They they just they don't work for me. They're too deep, and we've got no focal point in the middle.
0: Tony, we've said before, you know Eddie is one of these guys that kind of creates his own chances. I it can be good in the box, but that's not what his game is. You know, seeing me seeing us playing the three-five-two towards the end of last season when Griffiths was firing all cylinders when he came back and we had the two of them up top. They kind of bounced off each other well, but I feel like Steven Eddy's either not got that just now or he's not got somebody alongside him who plays that kind of role. It, he seems to be struggling. When I get it. Those teams are putting 11 guys behind the ball. It's tough to get the ball and even turn. You know, it's like Steven, you're playing a game of fives. You've got no space to go and there's like three guys on you at one time you can't get a touch of the ball. That's kind of what it's like with him. At times, he's kind of struggling to turn struggle struggling to get away from people. Do you think that what he needs is somebody like
1: a Griffiths to drag people away from him to clear some space for him? Well, I don't know about you, mate, but when I play fives, I can hold up three people in the ball, but um, that's just me. But the thing with Eddie is he's not a natural number 10. He's nothing like a Dembele figure where he has that strength that he can hold off to him and no problem. We have seen it at the old time where He does hold the ball up well, but it's not his natural game. He likes to drop deep and create for others as well. It it definitely worked well last year when Griffiths came out of the squad. It gave Eddie that focal point up top, something he could play off of and just keep defenders busy at the same time. But he's definitely off form this season so far. We can see that mail away now, but it's just frustrating because you know there's a great player in there and it's just about unlocking that now. And I think when that happens, teams are going to get a fright this year.
0: I'm quite happy to be fair because the transfer win the shuts today. So as long as he's not playing well up until that point, I'm delighted with that. Um ah, he's doing well.
2: He did he did score, he did score the winning goal. Let's not forget that. He scored the goal and he got us through two of the group stages of the Europa League. So we've got to give him that. I mean he, he has been off for the past few games, but I see a lot of talk. Griffiths obviously comes back, scores yesterday and People try to punt him immediately for thirty million. I mean, it's just like a complete lot of nonsense. And mm-hmm. as Ryan says we've only got five years left and then we can we can take him out of hostage and okay. nobody can can actually go for him.
0: <laughs> hey, so early sub in this one, Beaton goes off, um gets a bit of a bad injury, El comes on. Um he doesn't have the best game. El I don't think does Scott, I think you said that a few weeks ago. You said that we'd been sold a dud with this guy a few weeks ago because he's his injuries and stuff like that. And not so much the injuries just now, but the actual performances when he's been coming in. He's been looking a little bit ropey, ain't he?
2: Mate, I'm just going to come out and say it. And this could come back to bite the ass. But I think he might be shite.
1: Fucking moron.
2: Noise, though. <laughs> no, no. I think he might be shape. Unbelievable. Oh, like, he's, it was obviously it was his fault. Uh, Ferenc Farros game, he sold that goal for us, put uh, us at the Champions League. The round, the year before against Cluedge, he was also at fault, giving me the benefit of the doubt that he hadn't played a lot of football at the time. We obviously know he's quite injury prone. I think he looks, he looks terrified, to be honest, when he's got the ball at his feet. He doesn't look comfortable to me. Uh, I noticed a big drop off in standard when Beaton went off. I thought we played much better uh, against Legs of Hibs when we had Beaton. In the side, I think we have struggled in games that El Hamid's played uh, as part of that back three, and uh, yeah, he's not really cutting the mustard for me.
1: Tony, no, you don't agree with that, do you? No, it's a fucking stupid comment. Like, um, we've seen it with El he's got a bit of skill there. Give him my eye when he came into that game, he was phenomenal, mate. I just don't think he's suited to being in the back three. I think he's better outright in the four. I think that's the only issue here. So
0: do you think he's better than just being a kind of having a flat back form? He can do that kind of Frimpong type role. Obviously not what Frimpong does, he's a different kind of player altogether, but actually being able to kinda of get up and
1: down the wing and not Aye. be relied on almost. Aye, not to the same standard as Frimpong, because that's a different kettle of fish. But even there on Sunday, he, he's the reason we got that goal. He's the one to put the ball in for Griffiths. So he's got that ability to get him down the park and create something. But so just um, the comments back to that, yeah, we fanny. No, no, I, I think he's a good... He's a good <laughs> I
2: think he's a good... Uh, I think he can't do him. I've had two coffees this afternoon. I'm still raging. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think you are right. I think he is a good option to have. Uh, oh, look at you, back-tracking. Oh, No, no, no. Right, right, wing, right wing back. A but he's not, that's not where he's playing. That's not where he's playing at the moment. And that's mm-hmm. not where he's going to play because we know if Fring Pong doesn't play, he's going to play Leo Lennon's favourite son, James Forrest. So... <laughs> El is uh, if he's going to play, he's going to be part of a back three unless we go back to a 4-2-3-1, which I don't think we will. I think we'll stick with the 3-5-2. I hope we do stick with it because I've been shouting over it for long enough, so I can't go back to my word now after three or four games. But yeah, I think we've got... I would much rather have seen Julian play at the weekend there. and We've got Rangers in two weeks' time. And for me, Julian has to come back in. And then beyond that, I would have beat on as your fourth choice in that back three and then Elham and Trees the worst set on half out
1: of the five I think How is um, Beton's injury? Is it quite a bad one? Is it a win team
0: out? I think they're expecting him to to not make the Rangers game that's what I've seen mm-hmm. the other day whatever it is he's done um, they're expecting him not to make that game but hopefully Is not going to make the Rangers game as well? James Forrest isn't going to make the Rangers game
1: but I don't
0: think like James Forrest has ever made a Rangers game Actually to be fair I'll, I'll put this out here I was going to get to the end of the show But I'll put it out just now I don't think any of us are going to make the Rangers game In all honesty The way it's gone uh, just now How come Ryan?
1: What's happened in the world? There's been a circuit breaker announced This can be your new segment Ryan's what the fuck's going in the world? I know <laughs> Just because I sat working for him all day
0: Watching the telly Just like oh, Boys have you <laughs> seen this? This is happening today boys <laughs> Um Switching the wingers Classic Neil Lennon In this one Um, Other side Greg Taylor Um, I said last week We're not going to talk About this guy And we're actually Not going to talk About this guy In this game anymore Because I don't want To talk about him He's dreadful And there's actually Not much more We can say about him Like without Actually just Pure gunning down On the guy There's nothing else That we can I miss
2: I miss Johnny Hayes That sums (laughs) it up With Greg Taylor I actually miss Johnny
1: Hayes It's a bad time When Johnny Hayes Starts to look Like a fucking player Aye. And that's, like, that's, we, we generally had a potential Ballon d'Or winner in Johnny Hayes compared to Greg Taylor. <laughs> Aye, he was, he was just mincing like We've said it before and we'll say
0: it again and we can probably talk about this like every single week on on this show. He gets up and down the wing, he tries his best, he's just not got it. And that's the end of
1: the conversation on him. The thing, he's not the got thing is, I, I could do that. I could try my fucking best, but you know what? My best is still fucking dog shit.
2: It's Seems not good enough
1: for
0: Craig Taylor was, was taking a penalty. He we'll would pass it back to the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're talking about this game then. So overall, we were fine um, in terms of performance but the point I've put down here is fine isn't good enough just now. Knowing you're going for these qualifiers when you're trying to actually make it to a European group stage. Eddie getting the goal, like we said, he was, he was shite before that. He started to come into the game and I think Lennon said before, this, this is a guy who needs kind of a pat on the back almost, you know, kind of don't give him the hairdryer treatment you need to kind of coach him through things if he's struggling just kind of be nice to him basically just blow smoke up his arse because that's the best way you get a reaction for Edward he, he gets a goal in this one he, he's on fire after that he's he's cutting guys apart he's looking really really good and then he gets subbed <laughs> so I'm yeah. sitting watching it going why would you take him off now like he literally looked like he was a bit of, can kind I of grab another couple of goals for us at some points so do you think Scott do you think that's what he needs do you think he needs to get a good couple of goals in him to get that confidence back again
2: I don't I think Lennon might be making a point in terms of when he shoved him off uh, I think he brought, he's brought on Kamala quite a lot of times now and I think there's maybe more so a point to Griffiths as well Griffiths has been on the bench for three games and even the St. Johnston game, Clemell comes on before Griffiths. I think it was maybe a point to Griffiths as if like this guy's worked his socks off over lockdown. He's come back in great shape, and he's the man that I'm going to go to after Edwards. So, I think with Eddie, it's, it's one of those we had it with him barely, uh before, where he kind of struggled during a bit the period of the transfer window. Get him; he's not going to go anywhere now. It looks like four hours left. I don't think he's going anywhere. Get him settled down this next couple of weeks, and hopefully. I mean, he's a must start for me when it comes to against Rangers. I think just the main issue is we need to get a poacher alongside him, whether that's Ayeti or Klamala or Griffiths. I mean, it's up for debate, it could be either three, but you need to get Edward playing with one of the three.
0: Right, so we go we to the pots in for the, the group stages of the Europa. Draw was made on Friday. We were sitting watching the the games, which was it Thursday? Um, watching these kind of later on games that we're playing. And realising that we were a goal away It was at Athens We needed Athens to score To put us into pot one So Naturally I fires the game on Find the Athens game Get a stream for it Buzzing Watching Athens got them score I'm in the living room Jumping about mental Bloody wish I ever Group is a fucking shambles Just <laughs> to so get Aye. pot one Would they like got a better group than pot
1: two It's a shame though Because it's the Perfect way they Group draw for us as well You Aye, get Milan, Prague It's cheap as fuck To go to all these places But Guess what stuck in there that's yeah. us. we can't get okay. to go to these places unfortunately so, unless you're like, forced in like you say
0: Tony we get AC Milan Sparta Prague and Lille as well um, what's your what's your thoughts on that group Tony like the, the kind of teams in general let's start with AC Milan what's your
1: thoughts on that one to be honest this is, this is not the AC Milan of, of old with Kaka and, and Zagi. it's not the same calibre of players I think we can do it we managed to beat a team in Lazio home and away who we seen last year in Serie a. How good a team they actually were! Like they were pushing Juventus for a good long time. And to be honest, AC Milan, big club, big name, big history, but we're better. I'm looking at the AC Milan, Milan team that played the
0: the game, the the qualifier. I don't recognise anybody. I know Zlatan was out
1: injured, but see, apart yeah, for like him, oh, that's <laughs> it. <wizard. laughs> so I was getting bunted.
2: <laughs> Okay, that's his man, geez, over back here. <laughs> that guy's oh. found a virus, he's that much, of, thinks he's that much of a ticket, don't he? Oh, 35 dang. year old, you should see that guy's Twitter, it's fucking pathetic.
1: Still talks to himself <laughs> in third person, like, mate, come on now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where we are, but we've got 100 followers and we've just called it his last latin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, but we are Plod 67. <laughs> exactly, mate. AC Milan, mate, like, like you say, it's only Zlatan that I know in that squad like, I don't recognise any other names from it apart from the goalie because he's a, a FIFA one that you, you buy big Donnarumma Sparta-Prague Scott that's the, the lesser of the, the teams that we could have got for Prague
2: wasn't it? Aye and draw, I mean, when we were in Port one I thought right <laughs> No fans are going to be there I was kind of we Couldn't get any away trips I was like right Just give us the easiest draw possible And obviously a typical Celtic You're buzzing the night before You're like oh, man, This has never happened before In our lives And we get landed With a wee bit of a stinker But yeah Sparta Prague are not They're not Slavia Prague Who were in the group stage Last year Who also lost to uh, Sivachenko's team So I don't think There's much to fear for that uh, Ace man, I think Tony's summed it up perfectly Talking about How we played Lazio last season uh, who are a much better team than AC Milan? Uh, the real killer for me was Leo in pot four. I wanted right. like a Dundalk or something. Someday you could just be like six points. That's going to be a real killer. I mean, they were pushing Champions League places before the lock. Uh, before the lockdown and they called the French League, so that's a real killer. But the Europa League is a weird competition, mate. You don't know how seriously these teams are going to take it. Milan Milan could be high up in the league or Leo could be high up in the league and it's not a priority for them. So, just anyway, but it's, it's great games and I mean, the likes of Duffy and he'll be buzzing that he's came here for these games and keeps the likes of Edward and Cham higher, hopefully happy and it looks as if we haven't lost anyone for this window so that's a probably advantage of it.
1: I but just to touch on what you said, Scott um, Austria was spot of Prague saying they're less of the two teams but top of the check league like they now so they'll definitely be pushing Slavia Prague the whole way in that uh, tournament but even the likes of AC Milan because we don't know the players and stuff we need to still respect them we're still a big team in that league they're pushing top four, top five, but to think they're going to come here with a weakened a weekend squad, I think is very naive. They're not going to win that league. Their best bet of Champions League football is possibly winning the Europa League. And I doubt that Zlatan will be really comfortable just sitting on the bench for these games. So we need to be switched on and we need to just get a job done. Right, so a
0: couple of weeks time. Is it Milan? The first we've got, Scott? Aye.
2: Uh, Milan at home and uh, our next 10 fixtures are so we're really going to find out where this team's made of
0: I, well I was going to touch on that there Tony you put the the screenshot out of the, the chat earlier on our next upcoming fixtures just to very quickly go through them Rangers hold on, at home hold on
1: I'm just going to push the couch and then I'm hide behind it
0: hold on right. <laughs> go right Rangers at home Milan at home Aberdeen away Lille away um, Aberdeen is in a cup game in that one um Sparta Prague at home Motherwell away Hibs away Sparta Prague away AC Milan away like that is absolutely honking <laughs> fixtures man okay, to we're
1: going to go invincible here we're pumping everywhere. out of them 4-0 <laughs> <laughs> but as I said uh, I said back to you so
0: if we come through all that that's the that's a kind of real challenge for us isn't it Scott?
2: Uh, well uh, we're going to really find out what, what the likes of Barcash and, and Duffy we don't Seen them a few games now, but you're really going to find out what these guys are all about because they're going to come under severe pressure in these games. And I don't know; it might suit us. Like we've been playing against a lot of teams that play with like a low block. You'd think Celtic would be would be used to that by now, considering we've been had to put up for it for the last however many years. But we still don't seem to know how to play and try and break teams down, especially first half for 60 minutes. So, I am looking forward to the games. So Will be something different, and obviously the league's the main priority this year. We all know it is, and. It's a sort of shot of nothing, but you always want to progress in Europe. But aye, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Aye, if we come through that, it's the marker champions. Never say die attitude. We've seen it the past few years. We've had tough games, and we've never come back with European hangover. We've won seven of the last games since coming back from Europe. So, aye, AC Milan, and then Aberdeen, then we've got Lille away. Lille away. It's, it'll be tough, but we need to raise our game. And the higher the games, the higher the standard the better the players will need to play. They'll need to raise a game every week. So we'll move on then to, to
0: Sunday. We were away to St. Johnson. Um, where, do you, where do you start with this game? You know, St. Johnson's a team that we regularly pump. Uh, the amount of times that I've seen us playing St. Johnson away, you know, you talk about the the James Forrest game where he absolutely rattled him. He's in the first half. You've got numerous uh, times that we played St. Johnson away and we, we always seem to come through it. No bother at all, but... I'll go through the team again quickly in this one you know Brown and Christie were out Turnbull and Cham were in so it was Barkas, Elhamid, Duffy, Ayer Frimpong and Taylor McGregor and Cham Turnbull just ahead of them two and in behind Eddie and Moy again um, Tory this was one of these games that again it was an unnecessary
1: <laughs> spot wasn't it? I think we need to stop predicting games mate aye because anytime time I put my neck in the line and say this is going to happen it never happens. Um, yes, the game was slow and turgid. Um, couldn't get the ball moving quick enough to actually cut in behind them half the time. That was the most frustrating part of watching this game. You get a counter and eventually it's side-to-side passing. And even in the first half, the back four, or back three it was, sorry, had the most most touches and most possession of the ball for the first 45 minutes. And that's simply not good enough. Especially that possession. We, we should be on top of them Pushing them forward, but the back line is just having to keep kicking about the ball. Um, there's not much to say about this game, the ball Nothing happened for 84 minutes.
0: Now, nah, Scott, the the stats again, you know, would say that we dominated this game, but we got it. We'll go on to the goals shortly, but we did get out of this game by the skin of our teeth. Like, yeah. they, they, they had a clear cut chance as well that they should have buried. Um, I think it was Craig Conway in the back post. I don't know how he's missed that from about a yard out. He's rattled the post. Um, Tony, you're talking there about the our kind of back three, just passing the <laughs> ball between them for a lot of time. Yeah. See when, when I watched this game back on, on sports scene, they they actually analyzed that. St Johnson went with such a high press with a three at the front that as soon as we got a touch of the ball, they were on us. And all we could do is pass it aside the because they, they seemed to kinda of set themselves up quite well, where they had the front three but two in behind to mop up any kind of forward passes, so they were they were on us constantly and we struggled to deal with
1: it. Well, See, this is what I don't understand since Rodgers came to Celtic basically we've always had the team pressing us high at the park we should be used to teams doing that to us by now it's the same players relatively over the course that at the back that can deal with that we've seen it against Dundee United at the start of the season the push is high at the park and again we did struggle with that but this has to be worked on in the training park because every week we're seeing this and you're just hoping it clicks next week we'll start playing better but that week's not coming yet. That game's not came yet at all. So, it's, starting, it's starting to look like a the dial of days, you're hoping, instead of just actually expecting it.
2: Something uh, that stood out for me, just watching it, I think Tony's right about passing it about the back three, but the amount of times that Shane Duffy had the ball and Shane Duffy was the playmaker, and no offence to Shane Duffy, but he's not that type of player. He wasn't assigned to play, play the ball at the back. Shane Duffy's a no-nonsense defender. That's what he's in there to do. He was in there to kind of rally up Julian and I are just kind of get a bit of toughness at the back the, and it seems as if we're relying on him to be the main creative force like he just seemed to get the ball and I don't know these guys expected goals and other stats I want to see what Shane Duffy's stats were in that game because a times he played the long diagonal only made a few of the times Greg Taylor's obviously out there so you need to take that into consideration he can't kind of fucking trap a bag of cement but eh, aye Duffy's passing was erratic like I woke up the day of the games a bit hungover and I seen the team. and pure, I think it cleared my hangover. I was like, all right two rolls of sausage, here we go, buzzing. Get Turnbull and Cham, Nay Brown. We thought this is this is it. and we thought Brown was too slow in the midfield. But maybe, not, maybe they're all just too slow in the midfield and it's no actually a Scott Brown issue.
0: You're saying about Scott Brown, no, no being on the team. So that's the, the captain is out of the squad for this one. Obviously, vice captain um, McGregor takes over. Um, Shane Duffy for me, mate, I actually thought he showed a bit, of, a bit of quality in terms of being like a good captain. I thought in this game, there's a couple of wee bits and bobs that I watched him maybe kind of turning side to side looking for a pass. He'd pick the pass, but he'd turn around and automatically he's going to El Hamid and Ayer. He's sorting the defence, you know, he's turning his back in the game because he knows what he's done. He's sorting his defence out, he's kind of getting people going. he's shouting at people. I, I feel like McGregor doesn't do that, and know McGregor might be um, I have heard stories about McGregor being like a kind of big influence on the park, and people do respect him. And maybe we don't see it as much, but for me, Tony Duffy is that's a captain for me.
1: I I liked what I have seen for him in this. This is something we touched on when Duffy was about to sign. We was Belgian that signing. Um, obviously, he's the Irish captain. He's not experienced at doing this role of leading at the back. I think when it comes to McGregor, he's more of that sort of player. The players look to. It on the park to raise our standards when he's playing well, going, right, let's click it the gear here. But with Duffy, he looks like a shooter and a mourner. And he's, he was organised the back line really well. And to be honest, we didn't play well at the weekend, but it's not a clean sheet again. So that's what we really need at this point, not conceding goals and the chances will come eventually. So, yeah, it was not too bad for the back line, to be honest. Couple of early subs then, in, uh, this and the second half, uh,
0: Turnbull and Eddie went off uh, for Christie and and Paulus Paddy. Turnbull though, right? We were we were buzzing for Turnbull. Um, Scott, I'll ask you this one: I don't think he covered his own glory in this game. Do you?
2: No, he wasn't. A great. It was sort of, it was total kind of carbon copy. He was brilliant when he came on against against Tibbs. I thought he would maybe get his chance against Sari. didn't he. Got his chance they but aye, he wasn't great. But neither was in Cham. Neither, neither, was McGregor. All three of them were were pretty, pretty average. Uh, and I thought it was the right, it was the right So, I mean, I'm going to give give credit to Neil Lennon. I thought he, he made the right subs in this game. You need to give credit where credit's due. A lot of people. Might have questioned whether you should have taken off Edward, but he was spot on for me. Like Edward wasn't he doing it, and it was a, it's a brave sub to make that call. I don't know. I think it was before sixty minutes. We so went quite early. Fifty-eight minutes. Aye. Uh, 58 oh. 59 I think. it's a brave call to take off. Obviously, Edward's still our best player. Uh, so it's a still a brave call to go for that. But he has he hasn't been doing it, and it wasn't working. So uh, uh, I was. I
0: that's the thing, though. It's it's easy to get carried away with how amazing Edward is because you know that he is amazing. But see if the guy's not doing it. See if he's not performing on the pitch. Hook him. Like, he's no... You don't keep somebody on for 90 minutes just because of who he is. You know, like, we go back to... i go back however many years. See if Larson was playing a game and Larson was shite. You take him off. Oh, no, no, no. No, no you
2: would.
1: That's
2: you, no, you That's blasphemy. No,
0: it's, it's
1: not... Yeah
2: you want to get us if, shut in because you've
1: just said that no listen if anybody disagrees with me they're fucking they're so what's happening, happening? What's next right? week you take that fucking week off because hopefully that happens mate after that comment now, to be fair if I take a week
0: off, this podcast wouldn't happen so
2: you've you called every be... single pe- person on the planet in this podcast and you've now just called Henrik Larson no that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is
0: it does not matter who you are if you're having bad performances and it's been three in a row and you're really struggling in a game to you, you take them off I don't care who it is and it's the same way Edward you know <laughs> if he's not performing if he's not doing anything for you he's not giving you anything on the pitch take him off you know I don't care how big a name
1: you are I do agree with you to a point but maybe not a lasting comment but nobody is bigger than the club and see if you are not contributing and your performance is detrimental to the team the has to you made it has to get changed I'm going to be honest it might be a bit of shame look Frank McIverney but it looked like he couldn't be asked. it kind of did to be honest, with you, but I just think he wasn't getting the service at all. Nothing happened in that first half. I don't think we tried to keep up for about forty-five minutes. That's that's the problem
0: though. Like I, I said to you, Tony, at the start talking about the Sarajevo game, Eddie creates his own chances, <laughs> and if he's not if he's not able to carve anything out, it, it does kind of look. I get your point, Scott. It, it does look like he kind of gets a bit fed up in the game, you know, and that might just be somebody who who's a decent player who wants to play a good game of football, and he's got three men running at all times, and he can't turn. Like, there's nothing that he can do in that, but I need him to be working a bit harder then to actually find a solution for that rather than just almost giving up, which is what it
1: seems like. Well, Steve Bronze, see with the 3 five, 2, with the two wing backs going forward, you get got Jeremy Fing Pong creating chances on the right, but the other one on the left, he who shall not be named in this podcast, no wonder he's getting fed up because the balls in that box and the passing was fucking shambolic. He cuts inside and he just hits the ball back. That's all he can do. He can never find a man in the middle of the box. He just hits the ball and hopefully somebody gets an end to it. It must be frustrating for a player like Edward playing with players that just are not good enough to beat the team.
2: Mm. That's probably another point that I would agree is um, I think that's quite funny the amount of times you see Edward get the ball and he just looks up and he's like Fuck, I'm not getting at him. <laughs> like, you can see he's taking it and he's doing it as well. He's looked up and seen who it is. And...
1: So that boy in primary school you look up and go "No man <laughs> no, you need it, You've got the I'll, fucking goal of boots on. No, <laughs> then. I'll do it myself. Um,
0: um, right, we'll move on then towards the kind of end of the game. We get some some later subs. Um, Griffiths and Rogic come on. I think that a lot of folk probably scowled at that and went, Griffiths and Rogic are coming on to save you in this game. And then Scott Brown comes on a little bit later on as well to almost kind of take over I, you know because I, I felt like we were ne- we were actually needing a little bit of Scott Brown to be fair in this game which is quite bad considering we've been petitioned for him to get left out of games and we were all buzzing the fact he wasn't in this game we, I think we missed him personally in this one I think we needed somebody that can't be taking our of dragons through but Scott we've seen Rogic coming in um, thought he played quite well for, for the kind of short spell that he got uh, it, was a, it
2: was a real throwback I thought Rogic was brilliant I was calling for Rogic to come on during the game and even uh, I thought he said a lot of nice touches uh, I think that's when I'm really actually delighted it looks as if Rogic is staying because I don't think Rogic will ever be a starter for us again but see the last 10-15 minutes you bring on Tom Rogic for me every single game because he's capable of unlocking defences Griffiths as well say what you want but Griffiths a wee idiot right he is he's a wee idiot but End of the day, he keeps proving us wrong, keeps coming back and we need him, like we need we needed we need a poacher. He was brilliant in the end of the world last season. He's made a mess yet. I think he's holding his hands up, but there's like there's no models in football. Like if he comes back and he's scoring goals, we're all gonna love him again. And I thought he was sharp, he was he, he was getting right in amongst it and I give credit where credit's he's learning. Two guys that he's bombed out, kinda, but now he's come back and they've, they've sort of saved him because if had they been for the two then we'd be on here the night for the conference.
1: I was quite happy with Griffiths' um, interview after the game. It wasn't the sort of classic, like, it's all about me, don't forget me. It was more about the team. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we need to do better on this, blah, blah, blah. And it was very encouraging to see that maybe he's realising here that this year is so important to the club and the fans that it's about the entire team. Tony, we spoke last week on on this show when Griffiths had been
0: brought back in on the bench. Um, yeah. And I said to you, I went, have we wrote this guy off again far too early before it's happened? And and we did kind of discuss it and I said that I would always have Griffiths in, in my team. You know, uh, he lets us down. Scott's made the point numerous times and he's right. He's let us down so many times by not coming back fit, not pulling his weight. Aye. But I would always have him in my team and that, that game at the weekend proved why.
1: You know, it, he it, it comes on and, and he galvanises us pretty much. Like, that's where my frustration with Griffiths comes. His lack of ability to have the mentality, it seems, sometimes to be a Celtic player. Like During lockdown, he should have been keeping himself fit. That was my biggest frustration with him, that he's came back and let us down. But to step out in that game of Sunday and step up to the plate and score that goal, it's, it's classic Griffiths. Like, you see it all all over the fucking Twitter with the Rangers fans going, oh, fuck's sake, anyone but Lee Griffiths, man, blah, 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 here we go again. Typical Celtic, but that's the mark of the champions and a winning mentality. And Griffiths does have that, no questions, but can he keep himself fit and in the right frame of mind for a whole season? I really hope so because we're going to need him.
0: Scott, we're pushing for a goal um, in this game. We're, we're chucking bodies up the park. Last last minute of the game or last kind of three or four minutes of the game, we're throwing bodies forward, good bit of skill for Iyer. Plays the ball out to Elhamid. Great cross, just picks Griffiths it nicely, and there he is header bottom corner. How massive is a, a fully fit and firing Lee Griffiths for us?
2: I think I think it will be huge because uh, I think we're looking at it. We've it's been a long time since it Celtic that we've got four good strikers, and I think I'm going to go on saying I think we've, we've got four really good strikers. We've got Edward, we've got Ayeti, we've got Griffiths, we've got Kamala. I think they're all they're all looking great, great options. Especially if we're going to play three-five-two, I did say I think we need four strikers. Uh, we obviously maybe thought we'd go for somebody like Tony, or I don't know if we're maybe linked with a few other guys. But if Griffiths is going to be the man, he's going to be fit. I totally agree with Tony. The comments after the game were a lot more positive. I'm used to Griffiths in the past when he's up against him, Edward, and like shouting down the camera like I'm number one and all that. Like it isn't about that. It's it's about the team effort and even. When Klamalas gets his goal for the second, you see Griffiths, he's straight on hand to celebrate. He's celebrating in the background. So that tells me there's maybe a wee change of attitude. And I think Neil Lennon's worked. Give credit, credit to Neil Lennon. His management skills are huge in this and he, he seems to have got them right. And I think he did send a wee message to him, put him on the bench and, uh, for the last few games and then waited and waited. Didn't even bring it on first against the Johnson. Gave him the last 15 minutes and he's rewarded him. I don't
1: know if Andy noticed, but when Griffith scored his goal, did any notice Ryan Christie not celebrating and looking quite angry and disappointed? I thought
2: that bit by Ryan. He the only Raging, one.
1: by the way, like genuinely, fuming. I thought, what is your problem, man? Uh, you know what happened our forty yarder of the park." I,
2: I, know, I noticed that as well. He was the one, only guys that didn't celebrate the goal. And strange, I thought, I don't understand that mentality there. There's rumours that Christie wants out, and. Uh, I think he's been linked with Burnley He's only got two years left in his contract But type of guys I like Christie in games right, I was so calling for him to come on that game Because he gets involved he, he does try things And he will get involved uh, But yeah, I did pick up that as well and I don't know Maybe in so, here Someone <laughs> has
1: to fail him He's not Prime Lampard Hitting 40-yard oh. streaks every time, man well, Listen, i tell you something See if you say Scott
0: Ryan Christie Is a guy who potentially wants away He's not going to get him If See, not done anyway, anything to deserve him, and and that's my that's my problem with him. We know that Ryan Christine You look at him when he, when he first came back for us after that Hearts game in the cup. Remember, that was his kind of wee moment where he kicked on after that, and he was outstanding for weeks. Um, good few months actually after that. But see, recently, he, he doesn't. need he's, I'm going to kind of contradict myself a little bit because he does. He could put in one good ball for you, and and you end up scoring from it, which has happened. You know, the past few weeks. But I need him to see the 10 corners that he takes a game. I need at least eight or nine of them to be decent balls. No one. And that's he my... I, Ryan, I, don't, I don't even
1: want eight or nine of them. I just want three. Aye. Three good crosses the whole game. But it, it can either... It, the ball doesn't go past the first man or it just doesn't make it inside the box. It hits the fucking byline. Mm-hmm. He's passing it so rash at times. He just puts the foot right through it. And goes, control that.
0: Aye, and especially uh, the, the one that kind of really pissed me off the other day, we were powering forward, that might have been just after they came on, and he tries to play a ball to Greg Taylor. And listen, mm. we know Greg Taylor's not a good team. He works here every single day, so he knows fine well that Greg Taylor's not that good. And he's blotered a ball at him about 100 miles an hour, <laughs> expecting right. Greg Taylor to deal with it. And you're just like, he's open. like He's in space and open. Like You don't need to do that. You just pass the ball to him normally. But it's almost like he tries to do that kind of impressive kind of powerful pass to somebody's feet and you're just like come on and there was points when we we're, we were pushing for the goal as well and I see him pick the ball up on it's side of the box I'm like he's going to shoot like there's three guys in front of him and he's going to shoot and sure enough he shoots and he hits the guy right in front of him and the ball goes behind to Yanks back to That's One
1: point, to not he? he must have something wrote his contract where if he's ever on Socky M showboat he'll get 20 quid or something because every fucking week they're spectacular
0: Aye, he's he's really 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 frustrating at times but okay. again it's another one we know there's a player there so do you get rid of somebody you know is potentially going to in two weeks time he's going to come good for you no you probably don't you probably keep him but if he's desperate for a move away he's no he's another one he's not been covering himself in too much glory mm-hmm. recently in all honesty um,
1: so to be honest, we, we, we've just given the biggest gift of this podcast he's going to score a hat trick now at iBooks. Uh, exactly. the exactly. opposite them. of what we say. Um,
0: so the game finishes 2 um, 0. Somehow this game finishes 2 0. We got a second goal from, oh. Oh. Damn, from Polish Paddy. Ball gets played through for, for Shane Duffy, of all people, um, even though Scott was slagging off his passing, he gets an assist in this one. The most the most horrendous tackle I think Aye. you'll see in, in the of this season. Right? The boy absolutely cleans him out. He bounces up after Flair. <laughs> just shows his commitment,
2: uh, Scott, to get into this one and great finish. Aye. I was, I was absolutely chuffed for him. Like, I was chuffed for Griffiths, but more I was chuffed for Kamala. Like, the way he just rides that tackle. And I think he's just constant, He's constantly just thinking, right, I'm on here for half an hour. I need to get a goal. And he was unlucky with a chance earlier in the game as well. He bounced up straight away and that's a great finish as well like a really underrated finish like absolutely superb but uh, I'll let Tony go if he wants to talk about the tackle and a certain Mr Walsh
1: I generally think Nick Walsh just lets St. Johnson kick fuck at us for 90 minutes at that park there was so much that he let go in that game it was beyond a joke a tackle on Frimpong towards the end of the game where he then played the advantage Frimpong got forward beat a man was then filled again And he brings it back to 80 yards. I've never fucking seen that once in a professional game of football. I genuinely don't understand what was going on. And the fact that man walks in a school, I hope every single fucking Wayne was slaughtering him this morning at assembly because the man's an absolute moron. I've seen a lot of folk on
0: on Twitter saying the same thing. And it was literally just the, the, the single tweet saying, Nick Walsh is a cheat.
1: All the way you don't know why you can get into that sort of paranoia, but you can't even explain some of the tackles he was letting go. I think, it, what was that wee Fanny's name? Is it Murray Davidson? The yeah. pure staunch one? He had about three tackles. He goes, you're going to book him for that? That's a clear booking. And even the commentary team were saying, oh, he's got to be with one there. He's got to be with two. And eventually he gets booked. But Scott, you made the point. He's allowed to then make these tackles on players that can risk injury. He's not protecting any of the players in the park doing that. And I can get all hit up under the collar here, but he's, he's got a duty to make sure the players are safe in that park and he simply failed at it.
2: Uh, the, the SFA training for referees, whatever do, I don't think they know what the word persistent means because I think per- the guys like Murray Davidson, he's allowed to get away with so many fouls and then he's allowed to, as Tony says, do that tackle again later on that he wouldn't have been able to do because he should have been booked. Whereas we had two tackles, eh, I think Turnbull and Encham, one tackle each, and booked straight away. Mm-hmm. So, where's the consistency?
1: Cham get booked for pulling somebody back, then literally 30 seconds later, St. Johnston does it, and it's just a free kick, goes, it's the exact same petty professional foul. Mm-hmm. I agree, Cham's one has a booking because he did pull the player back, but in the same token, you need to be consistent across the park. But you always find this with teams against Celtic and Rangers to a certain extent, that they can just book fuck at you for 90 minutes, but as soon as you make one tackle card, mm-hmm. I
0: don't even know how how you combat that because it's, it's been no, but I mean it's been there for so long and it's so apparent yet it's still not been changed they've still not <laughs> worked on go
2: and they get those guys from Luxembourg back they were good for that week I
0: didn't mind the <laughs> Spanish ones sorry <laughs> get in. I, again that's something that you could you could potentially look at or you could send your refs on, on different kind of training courses but the, the, the problem I was arguing with somebody the other day on refs I don't like getting it too much but they were talking about when Sunday made the comment about all oh, refs know what's at stake this year and stuff like that. And Sunday was saying that I was, I was paranoid for oh, for hating refs and stuff. I said, see the only person I, I think cannot be impartial against Celtic is Andrew Dallas. At the same time, I actually don't blame Andrew Dallas for not being able to be impartial towards us. I just don't think to <laughs> thank Celtic games. And I think that's the, that's the point. But see the rest of the referees, I just think they're so inept that they can't even do the simple bits of refereeing. The occasion gets too big for them, I think, when they're dealing with these high-stakes games. You know, every Celtic game this season is high-stakes. Every Rangers game this season is high-stakes. The rest of them don't really matter too much, right, unless it gets to the kind of business end of the season when teams are getting relegated, right? But on the whole, every Celtic game and every Rangers game are so important this year that I think that the referees literally just buckle under the pressure, this. And even the big even the big refs, you know, even Willie Collin, Bobby Madden, the guys that you're expecting to be able to kind of rise to the occasion, I don't think they can they do take it. Take penalties to Rangers. And gain penalties to Rangers. Like, and I know we, we can joke about that all the time because I've seen that castor Twitter account the other day say we're going to put this on a, a T-shirt this season, just penalty to Rangers. But we don't say that for no reason. That's not became a joke for no reason. The fact that we all go for oh, penalty rangers
1: is because you literally see all the time penalty to rangers. And, and even in this game against St. Johnson, it could have been an easy decision for a penalty against Duffy as well. It was pulled back in the box. The guy had two hands already shut, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: where's the consistency here?
0: And that is the thing. they just I uh, will never get bogged down with the, the whole referees are against us type of thing. I just think the referees are absolutely pish. In all honesty, uh-huh. I, I, just, I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I don't think it's anything like that. I just think that the referees in this country are absolutely woeful. And he showed it at the weekend that he was not up to the occasion.
1: Pure and simple. Aye. I'd hate to his games in fucking school playtime, by the way, if he's doing the refereeing. Because it must be absolute barbaric. Fucking Battle Hastings and fucking S5, S4. Hey, So we get through the game. Then boys, 2-0.
0: 2-0 victory. Uh, we go top of the league for a few hours before before Rangers play Ross County. Um, again, it's all about getting them getting the points on the table. You know, we're now going to a an international break this week where we are somehow playing three games for Scotland. I don't know why we're playing three Scotland games in one kind of period,
1: but whatever. Are we all playing like Israel three times or something? Probably. <laughs> it just seems to be Israel, Albania, Czech Republic. We play on aye. rotation.
2: Aye, it's just so, I'm kind of shitting myself in a way, like, with this pandemic and uh, the amount of games that we've, worked, obviously our biggest game of the season's in two weeks and all these internationals, there's three international games, like, I understand the playoff off against Israel, huge, find out who's going to get to but the Nations League stuff, so, like, guys could go away, could pick up the virus, then you're out, they're out for our next game, never mind talking about injuries as well, so, mm-hmm. I just think it's so fucking pointless and needless for UEFA to have this stupid Nations League thing in the middle of a pandemic when nobody can do any sort of travelling so why is it happening? It's crazy
0: bonkers Aye not not for it Um, a couple of things then before we round off so our next game like you were saying there is the Old Firm game against Rangers on the 17th
2: Will there be a preview for that get the
0: tactics board Aye we'll, we'll do a we'll do a podcast on it right if the game goes ahead because it, it's looking quite likely now that that game is not going to go ahead. I have no evidence of that just now. I just that's my, I think my if opinion. There was a
2: Six Nations rugby match with England Scotland in two weeks, I think that would definitely go ahead, wouldn't it? I a full stadium or not. Ah,
1: Don't so forget it's... the,
0: the country, baby, old you, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um no, but back to the back to this kind of oh, from game of seventeenth. The, the the chat just now is about the circuit breaker stuff. Whether that affects football or not, because they don't want people gathering in crowds, right? So if they put a circuit breaker in, it's going to shut the pubs, it's going to shut things, just like a kind of lockdown that we had before, almost. I don't know if that's going to affect football. They might still let the game go ahead um, because it's separate and there's no fans there and people kind of go to the pubs. And I, people meet up in their houses, people are going to meet up in their houses regardless of the old firm games on, let's be honest. Like yeah. if people are off work for two weeks, you're going to go to your, your mates's, you're going to break the rules. People are going to break it's the rules. The game's on and Thursday and, and, Pretty sure that's definitely going to go ahead. So, And this is what I mean. So it might be on, but I think, Scott, you made the point before. And I, I disagreed with you to begin with. Not on the podcast, just separately. You made the point. I disagreed with you in, in thinking that the game was going to get called off. But I'm, I'm very quickly changing my mind on that one in all honesty. But it might go ahead. We'll see what happens. If it does... Um, and it's looking likely it's gonna go ahead. We'll do we'll do a bonus podcast that we'll chuck out just before it um, to kinda of look ahead to it. We can talk about any kind of injuries that people have picked up in an international break, we'll look a bit more in depth at the squad and what we think that will um you know, kinda of formations that we'll play in, in that game as well. But if we're
2: gonna gonna call it off, then where are we going to fit the games in? Like obviously we'll Kilmarnock, what's happened to them? Uh, a few of their players test positive. Their game is called off. I mean, who's that? We could be playing Kilmarnock. And, uh, we could have been the unlucky ones at Motherwell that were up against them. It could happen to any club. Where are we going to get Europe? Where are we going to fit these games in? We've obviously had an example made of us a few months ago with Bolongoli, goes to Spain. He was an idiot. Of course, we've done that two months ago. He was an idiot for doing it. But he tested negative twice for the virus. Nothing happens to him. And then but an SNP woman... Was in a train after testing positive. I mean, they're going to shut. They didn't shut the parliament down for two weeks, so we've already been punished by that already. I don't. If, if they call it off, is it just that game? Do, do we then allow to play AC Milan a few days later? Like, it's
0: just probably they probably will. To be fair, I think it'll just be. They'll know that that's like a a hotbed for people getting together. And in Glasgow, you know, if we're playing AC Milan and stuff like that, and it's on telly, then it might be fine. But oh, listen, we don't know, and that's the thing we don't know. Just now, we don't know how it's going to go. Um, we'll deal with it when it comes, if it comes. Um, like I say, we'll do a podcast before it anyway, and, and we can talk about that. But just before we we kind of finish up, boys, we've got, uh, what's it now, half seven just now at time of recording. There's, what, three, three hours or so left of the, the transfer window. Um, three and a bit hours. Yep. Only one name that we're linked with then is Diego out from AC Milan. He's a left-back. He can play midfield as well. Left-back, left-wing-back. Tony, we've been crying out for a left-wing-back. This looks like a decent sign if we can pull this one off.
1: Definitely, mate. Um, he was in the World Cup Player of the Year team for 2018 there. A few away, obviously. Um, he's had a partnership with Cham at Giona as well previously. But um, to be honest, I am just playing it's a left-back. Like, yeah, there was talk of Robert Snodgrass coming in, and I thought, that's all we fucking need. Uh, Robert Snodgrass playing left wing-back for us against fucking Rangers. Like, something completely Lennon ball, like just switch the wingers and positions all together. But I'm just happy, though, about actually finally getting a left-back in. It's been crying out since, well, January, really, let's be honest. So... It's taken longer than I wanted to get it addressed in that position, but as long as it gets addressed, I'm fine with it.
0: Scott, Tony's talking there about the, the Russia World Cup team in the tournament. Uh, I've got it in front of me just now. There's one name on that, on that team sheet that you would not have known, and it's him, it's Diego out. He's the only guy that's a kind of unknown one. So the fact that he's even been able to break into that squad there um, is quite impressive.
2: Aye, seems like, uh, I can't, to be honest, I can't actually, I'm not, I was going to try and lie there and say that I remember him for the World Cup, but I don't. So, <laughs> but I so do. I'm just going to drop the act there and pretend that uh, I was going to try and say as if I knew who he was. But, uh, I mean, Tony's summed it up quite well, he's, he's linked to charm. he's got a known pedigree, he's uh, been in Serie A for the last uh, few years, obviously that's a great league. I think this move's quite worked out. AC Milan, they've been going through their own troubles. But it's, I mean, it's a better signing than, I don't know, going for like a Barry Douglas or like a Max Lowe or somebody or like an old can... SPL reject. Like, it seems on, on paper uh, like a really good signing. And so we've, hopefully the Rangers game does go ahead. I mean, he's going to have to play because Greg Taylor can't he play again. Like When we subbed him against St. Johnson, I just... I was just happy that Scott Brown was coming on just to get him off the park and just get anyone else at left wing back.
1: So, Ryan, Ryan Christie played left wing back and to be honest, it was a much better performance in four minutes than he gave you an 84 minutes. Aye,
2: exactly. So, but I think the more, getting a left back uh, was huge and also equally as huge as just keeping hold of everyone with no sold anywhere. So we really, really had a really strong transfer window.
0: Probably one of the strongest windows we've, we've had in all honesty in, in recent times. Um,
2: we're still at the Champions League, so it's just it done early I'm
1: just gagging for a Tony Mowbray window again where you just see 13 bodies coming in the door. This is <laughs> Remember that? Dead,
2: that, was, that was the last time that was a proper deadline day. I remember I that still being in school and they signed like Robbie Keane and Braith and. Kamara,
1: that was amazing. Hatton half, half were utter shy, but I was like, this is amazing, man. I did some business.
2: It was some buzz, and then two days later, we could beat <laughs> ah, It
1: was strange, man, but I should be keen and pulse laying the same window. You'll we'll take that. Uh, right, boys, so that's uh, that's us for this week. We,
0: like I say, it's international break just now, so we'll no do a show for next Monday because there's no really any points, there'll be no games to talk about. Um, but if it's uh, going ahead, we will do a preview, like I say, of the the old fun game coming up anyway. So Tony
1: boy, cheers mate. The asses mate, anytime. Scott, cheers.
2: Cheers, Lowell out.